0: Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? (laughs) Witchbuster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Live from the ak Community Studios on this Tuesday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. Uh, I'm Luke. I'm what's here. going on, Luke? Whoa, whoa, what's, I just hear, I just hear panic and the panic button going off. And you're trying to plug your headphones into, like, an outlet or something. I don't even yeah, know.
1: this is what happens when you get authenticated as you're trying to do a broadcast. Can I just tell you right now? You're, all you're trying to do, based on needs is do your job. Just start talking. Just go ahead and do it. The problem is your your, your security system is trying to authenticate you. You've you been, see been the locked
0: problem. out of your own email is basically oh, what course, you're saying. Of course, yeah. Uh, see, now exactly. you said it. I got locked out of mine. Look at this. I got the something went wrong, which is always... Very encouraging. Start your day. <laughs> something went wrong. We
1: can't help you. We don't know how to identify what actually went wrong, but we want you to know something did go wrong.
0: I, uh, I'm i also, and I shouldn't be this like distracted, but I am by Twitter. There's this mock draft that popped up, and I first take tweeted this out. and it ended up in my, my uh, timeline. This is the top five. Okay, this is what we're going to talk about here. Top five picks in the draft, according to Mike Tannenbaum. Bryce Young to the Panthers, yeah. CJ Stroud to the Texans, Will Anderson to the Colts, Will Levis to the Cardinals, <laughs> Hendon Hooker to the Seahawks. Stop. No. I, I've, Come on. This is their real account. $1.7 The graphic must be wrong or something. Come I just, on. That's, I didn't yeah. feel like in good faith I could continue to do the show without getting that off my chest because I'm looking at it right now while you're over there burning because down half just, the studio. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> Because it's absolutely wrong. There's no way that is actually going to happen. Will Levis with the Cardinals. I
0: think yeah. That's okay, the one that's, that's why. Great. I mean, that one is wrong, but there's at least two other picks in there that are horribly wrong. That's not what we're hey, here to listen, talk about, though. though. Exactly. I'm going to focus on the big red. Well, we're going to talk about the Phoenix Suns, who picked up a, another win last night. Now, I'm not going to sit here and talk about a two-game winning streak as if it's like the greatest thing ever. But the timing of it, Wolf, to win two in a row. And presumably, you're getting Kevin Durant back tomorrow. We'll play some of the uh, audio of Monty Williams after the game. He certainly was noncommittal about KD being back tomorrow. I will say this. If Kevin Durant's coming back tomorrow, I don't expect Monty Williams to be all that uh, committal about it. But he, he was very non-committal. But regardless, you get the back, you've won two in a row, and you're back to heading in the right direction with two weeks left in the season? Yeah, and really none of it matters without KD. <laughs> so
1: true. it brings us all the way back to what you just said about Monty. And I understand. We do want to talk about the game. It was very, very um, encouraging. Was it really, though, as I say that out loud, was it really that encouraging when you didn't have Kevin Durant and you were playing the Utah Jazz? Was that really that encouraging that you got a win? Um, yeah, at this point in time, I would say any win is a good thing for the Phoenix Suns right now. But the, the news that Kevin Durant may not actually be coming back tomorrow, that blows my mind. But that's not, tomorrow, that's, that that, that, but that,
0: that's not really – that's – Nobody has said that. Here, I'll just play the Monty cut, and you tell me how excited you are about this, okay? All right, Monty, are you firing up the KDs coming back Wednesday? We'll see. You know, I got to get the
1: information from our team. Um, He's working his tail off. I'm not quite sure because I've been so focused on the team that we have on the floor. If all the boxes are checked, then we will evaluate, but we have to wait and see. Um, he's been working his tail off. He's he's done everything possible to get himself back as close as he can to game shape, but it's hard to know, so we just got to check all the boxes before we make any statements about his play. All right. Okay, alright, wait a minute. Now. very,
0: okay. very
1: median. You think that was median right there. You think that was very non-committal. To me, that basically says we're going to wait till we actually Talk to the trainers today, meaning today, Tuesday, the day before we actually announce the fact that Kevin Durant is going to play. That's.
0: I, I mean, I, I, I still think I, he's playing. Either when I think he is playing, when I hear that, I I, I don't maybe don't think maybe you push it to Friday, but I, that that alone's not going to make me think he's not playing tomorrow. That's just Monty Williams being Monty Williams no, and not exactly giving you right. anything on an injury to his. Player. Okay, so I do not hear
1: that. Based on of course, we talked about this during show prop right there. I, I don't think that's being noncommittal. I just think that's speaking median right now. Why go out on the line and say anything about it when, well, let's wait and see and make sure that he doesn't have any type of setback today, <laughs> okay? I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. Let's see yeah, if I – so,
0: it, it, look, Mon- Monty Williams it. isn't just gonna fire. He's not gonna fire everybody up. I don't think he wants a spectacle before the game tomorrow. He just <laughs> wants Kevin Durant to play, and he wants his team to keep winning. And they have now won two in a row. And again, last night, maybe more so than than many times this season, just a pretty balanced attack. Booker gets twenty four. Da comes back. It's fourteen. Terrence Ross thirteen. Campaign twelve. Bismack eleven. Chris Paul not a bunch of guys had nine. Paul, Akogi, uh, Wainwright, TJ Warren. I mean, you're not going to play all these guys in a playoff game, most likely. But that was about as balanced of, a, of an attack as we've seen from the Suns in a long time. Booker only, in quotes, had 24, and they won a game.
1: Yeah, man. You know, it's so funny you bring up Devin Booker because, based on to me, he was shining. He was shining in all of his glory in that first quarter. If you go back and you watch the first quarter and you watch Devin Booker play the game of basketball, man, he got knocked around. He got hit in the head. He got whacked in the face. He hit the deck more than once, actually, hit the floor. Didn't, he, he did not ease his way into the game last night. He was active from the jump, and he scored 18 points in the first quarter. And oh, by the way, just to put an exclamation point on it, he blocked the last shot of the first quarter attempted by the Utah Jets. Yeah, Jazz. that was his quarter. He it out that, of was, that, was
0: like, that was as if to say, this was my quarter. Don't even get a shot up at the end of my quarter. He
1: only scored six points the rest of the game. And the Suns won the game. He set the tone for everybody else around him. Book let his teammates know right from the get go we're coming out, we're balling. Watch this. That's exactly what he did. He set the tone for everybody else, and the Suns followed.
0: Uh, here's Devin Booker after the game talking about the bench. Yeah, that's really big.
1: You know, that's a big confidence for everybody to you know, leave out of a game and it'd be. Then they're even, and then them go up 10, 15 points. Um, you know, there's no there's to put to us what so we need of them. Man, I love that too, right there. The bench. They did an incredible job. 57 points from the bench. Once again. Once again. Man, the last three games, they've scored 178 points. Uh, 178 points in the last three games. Off the
0: bench. What? Guys, no. This is... If you're you're trying to carve out a role for yourself on this team in the playoffs, this is it. Like, this is your best chance to really show what you can do. And whether KD comes back Wednesday or Friday, he is coming back soon. I would still think Wednesday. So you knew (laughs) these last three games, if you're on that bench, if you're Terrence Ross... If you're TJ Warren who really wasn't even getting playing time, if you better make the most of that playing time if you want to if you want to see yourself getting more than like 5 minutes a game here when these these games start to really matter and it showed. 57-25, their bench outscored Utah last night.
1: Just you, you heard it right there in the cut as well from Devin Booker, but you're talking about 84-81 Suns. That was the score, 84-81 when Book left the game in the fourth quarter. 84-81, and then he came back at the four fifty eight mark. Just think how late that is in the quarter. Come back at the four fifty eight mark and it was one hundred seven to ninety five. <laughs> I mean that is that's
0: just nice right there. A great job by the bench once again. It's your last shot to participate in the madness. Text BUCKS to 620-620 and choose from the final four teams vying for your chance to win $250. That's BUCKS to 620-620. It's the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. When we come back, DeAndre Hopkins given permission to talk to other teams. How close does that mean a trade potentially is? We'll get into it next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is one of those days where there is a lot to get to. Wolf. Four hours. We're going to do our best to get to all of it. There's there's a, legitimately a lot of, of, I think, pretty big local stories uh, beyond just the Suns and their win last night and two yeah. wins in a row. And Kevin Durant uh, expected to come back tomorrow. How about this report from Albert Breer that the Cardinals have reportedly granted teams permission to speak to wide out DeAndre Hopkins and his agent? So let's just start there. This is obviously a fairly big step in a DeAndre Hopkins trade.
1: Yeah, this one, it's a little bit difficult to vet, onions. And the reason why I say that is um, it tells me a deal is closer than further.
0: Yeah. That's, I I mean, that's the way I read it. Do you read it that way I, as well? I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I read it as the Cardinals have the parameters of a deal with one or more teams and now it's a matter of can those teams which one of them can agree to like money terms with Diop. Yes, see that's exactly what I was thinking as well. And
1: I could be wrong on this, on Orines. It could be the other way around and we're gonna talk about that momentarily, but right now um it makes sense to only allow teams that have discussed trade compensation To actually hammer out contract details
0: right now. That would make just logically, it would make sense that the Cardinals. Okay, here is a couple teams that we are either either have parameters in place or we know we're going to get there with this team. So now you got to make sure you can. (laughs) I'm sure the team wants to make sure they're going to be able to sign DeAndre Hopkins if they're going to trade for him. Exactly. For his part, Jonathan Gannon and and the owners are having their meetings at the Biltmore uh, this, I think it wraps up today. It was, it was the last couple of days, but, uh, Jonathan Gannon today is talking and we got a lot of good Gannon sound that we're going to sprinkle in throughout the show. But this one in particular about Deandre Hopkins, he's just acting like Deandre Hopkins is his receiver this year.
2: Yeah. I mean, right now I'm operating on the premise that hops are starting X and people are going to have to defend them. So, uh, you know, that's probably a better question for Monty, but, um, he's, uh, he's been great and, uh, I'm looking forward to getting to work with him too. So, uh, if, if everyone that's, has a jersey right now, I'm looking forward to coaching and, and fitting them all in together.
0: Maybe he meant starting X receiver like X as in former receiver. Maybe that's <laughs> what he meant. I don't think that's oh, what he meant right okay. there,
1: Luke. Yeah, you know, this is this is just a great answer by JG. It is the only answer, but it's a great answer. It really is. The general manager, it, it's one of the reasons why I say the most important hire that an owner is ever going to make is going to be the general manager. And the reason why I say that based on audience nine 99% of the time, it's because that general manager is going to assemble the talent that is on your team. He's going to assemble them. Many times, he's assembling the coaching staff as well. The head coach and the coaching staff and the players. That's why the general manager, in his view, his provision for the organization is so critical because of that. And then the coach coaches them. That's what happens. Now, listen, I know many, many times in the NFL model, the general manager works very closely with a head coach, especially a situation like Pete Carroll and John Schneider up in Seattle. There's a very symbiotic relationship between those two guys. I understand that. Sometimes that's the way that it goes. But the majority of hires... Of general managers, they're the guys that actually are running the organization, bringing the talent in, and then giving coaches the opportunity to show that they need to be somebody. You're going to sign to a long-term deal, period.
0: Yeah, there's. There, I mean, what, what's Jonathan Gannon going to say there? No, you're right. That's that's the only answer is the answer he gave. But it's you, the right answer. You, well, you have to ask him, and he's not the general manager. And even if he knows that the general manager is close to making a trade, what's he going to say? Well, yeah yeah, we're getting rid of him. No, he's not. he <laughs> operate like he is. He's your ex-receiver and let Monty Austin Ford do his job. That's the best thing he could do right there. Stay
1: in your lane. Right, Basin Onions? This is what happens. The general manager, he brings the talent in. You, you coach it. Oh, by the way, you also have players. Players play. Coaches Coach. General managers, they assemble a team. They get you all together right there. That's what they do. Stay in your lane. And that's the other thing I'm excited about as well because the Arizona Cardinals have a franchise quarterback. They have a franchise quarterback that, to me, is going to have to stay in his lane and be the franchise quarterback because now you've got a head coach that is trying to establish a brand new culture. Right on, JJ.
0: Yeah, we're gonna see. You know, now now that we've had some distance from this season, at the time it didn't bother me as much. But Kyler Murray showing up, Cliff Kingsbury on the sidelines on a nationally televised game when there was already so much talk about Cliff being in trouble. Yeah, um, it bothers me more now. But through the context of. Is, is that era of his career over? Like, is he going to do that to Jonathan Gannon, or are we going to see Jonathan Gannon not allow that sort of atmosphere? Or is Kyler Murray already moved on and been like, you know what, I don't need to do that again. That's not great. <laughs> or you know, or maybe that was just the stress of a horrible season because it was a horrible season. But. You hope stuff like that isn't playing out for everybody else to point at and laugh at going
1: forward. Yeah, you know, once again, uh, it was no big deal to me whatsoever. It happens all the time. You start screaming at your coach. Your coach starts screaming at you. Sometimes you're screaming at your teammate. It happens on the sideline. It's an emotional game. It's the thing I love the most about the game of football. It is built and predicated on emotion, and if you get a bunch of sociopaths walking around that have no emotion whatsoever, that's not what you want. <laughs> Trust me on that one. Yeah, no, uh, You want the psychopath, Kyler metaphorically and, speaking.
0: And Hopkins yelling at each other on the sidelines, I don't care at all. The two players yelling at each other, because that, you're right, it happens all the time, and and you said this at the time, I mean, he's he's probably yelling at Cliff, the offensive coordinator, and not Cliff, the head coach. And that's fine if Kyler and Drew Petson get into it, but I... It, that's one of those things that I feel like would it would be a good sign if that went away going forward because the context of all that and every nationally televised game and everybody looking and saying there's a problem there. People nationally were saying there's a problem there yes. before the season started yes. and between those two in particular I, I and that think, just escalated.
1: Again, I think um, if there probably was and I said this many times. The problem was the fact that Cliff Kingsbury was the quarterback He was coach. two people basically. He was, he yeah. was three. He was the quarterback coach. He was the offensive coordinator, and he was the head coach. That's the problem. You just, it was what when we were talking about the hire, the hire that you know what 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 person would you like to see the Arizona Cardinals hire? Well, you know what's let's start with a defensive minded head coach. Why is that? because I want separation, yeah, I want that head coach to say you're the you're the quarterback that's great and that's a very very important role, very important role for us, but you're the quarterback I'm the head coach i I make the decisions around here,
0: cool yeah. That's I, I that's mean, that, that's the two the 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 two most exciting components to me about hiring Jonathan Gannon are what he can do with Isaiah yes. Simmons and what you just said. Yes. There's 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 no way to even blur the lines yes. because he's a defensive minded head coach. I want to play this real quick too. Speaking of general managers, Brandon Bean of the Bills. Courtesy of Matt Perino on Twitter.
2: Yeah, I mean he's on the Arizona Cardinals, and so I know the social media world. Derek does a great job of keeping me in the loop uh, of that. And so, um, you know, what I would say is social media, social media. Don't don't take that too far. Um, But again, you know me when we've talked about OBJ guys that are. You know, we're always going to look for talent, and so we're going to look at anything and everything. And you know, our name gets thrown in the hat a lot of things that sometimes we've done one percent one person made one call and they've looped us in that we're all over him and we've offered him a contract and you know it's it's funny sometimes but um you know, that's as far as i can go into it he, you know he, he's on another team
0: he's on another team right there that was even more median than jonathan right. gannon's answer man i love that
1: you put the, the two together or brandon being general manager of the buffalo bills on another team. Why, why would I really talk about a guy? Who's that? Is I, <laughs> I don't know anybody on other right teams. Now. You know, I think it gets blown out. And of course, social media—that's awesome too. When you don't know what to say sometimes, and you need somebody to blame, just blame <laughs> just social media. Just blame social media. I don't media. care what it is you're talking about, based on <laughs> means you're walking around, you're in some type of disagreement with somebody. Just find if you're looking for something or someone to blame, just point to social media and say, "Aha." Um, Social media did this.
0: (laughs) We should try that throughout the show today. Anytime something goes wrong, we'll blame social media.
1: Right. That's great. Uh, Where's my burner account,
0: by the way? Oh, yeah. I
1: got to get that thing up and running again.
0: The burner account that you labeled as your burner account, basically? Yes. At the
1: Shadow Shade Basin. (laughs) It doesn't work if you give your burner account (laughs) out. Well, I know that, but still, um, you know, it it is a different, uh, I don't know, maybe, what could I do? I could tweet something out a little bit different from
0: the Shadow Shade. I would assume that's why you have it, yes. Just have it What's the last time you tweeted something out? I love out it. From um, that account? Was it, that like years it was ago? was like 2018. <laughs> Nothing's changed since it then. Was, so we're good. It's
1: 2018. I'm going to tweet something out on at Shadow show. Oh, great.
0: Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty 620 right now. You literally just said, I'm going to tweet something out from my burner That's account. Right. Here's the address. That's right. <laughs> Uh, okay, It's a little different than Woo Land. As mentioned, Jonathan Gannon did speak to the media today. Our own Cardinals reporter Tyler Drake was there, so he's going to join us next to give us the full scope of things. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. So we got the NFL owners meetings. At the Biltmore. That just both sounds and is fancy. Wolf Uh, is the Biltmore. Yes. Hmm. They like hanging out at the Biltmore. Biltmore is pretty nice, by the way. Well, our own Tyler Drake, I'm assuming, just used this as an excuse to hang out at the Biltmore, and that's where he is right now. And uh, so he was there when Jonathan Gannon spoke this morning, and he's joining us on the Arizona Sports Line right now to give us some insight on what is going on out there. Tyler, what's up?
2: What's going on guys? I actually gotta correct you. I was at the Biltmore, but now I'm uh, down at Chase Field about to cover the D back, so a little double wow. duty today.
1: Oh, look at this. Boy, that is big time Not right nearly there. As fancy that's a feather in your cap right there. Not only that, give yourself, <laughs> give yourself another feather because you corrected Luke.
0: <laughs> oh, that's, uh, see, that's, oh, sorry, Tyler, you're breaking up. We lost you. Um, all right, let's uh, let's start with Jonathan Gannon, who um, who you were able to speak to earlier today and I I want to talk about Isaiah Simmons. I know on the show we're going to talk about it in a little bit as well, but uh, I know he was asked about Isaiah Simmons. What can you tell us about his response to that?
2: Yeah, yeah, nothing really to report on that. I think it's the same thing we've been told the last couple of times by JG about how they want to get him on the grass and really see where they can utilize him. He thinks he kind of knows where he wants to put him, but until they get him on the grass, uh, really, it's still up in the air. The one thing that was pretty interesting, though, When he was talking about Isaiah, he actually mentioned, you know, you know, he had really good communication with them. They've been in constant contact and health wise, he got a good report and kind of patted his shoulder. So that was, that was an interesting thing that I think we're probably going to have to keep an eye on moving forward is I didn't really know that he was dealing with a shoulder, but looking back, I think November when they were playing the Niners, he had, he injured his right shoulder. So I'm not sure if that has anything to do with it, but pretty interesting to uh, have that little nugget dropped on us today. So
1: Tyler, he didn't give you any indication whatsoever in regard to where they were thinking of Isaiah Simmons. He didn't give you any indication as to where they were going to start him playing.
2: Yeah, I, I really didn't get the feeling of that. Yeah, I, I think he was very, uh, he left it open and, and made sure to to really emphasize the fact that he wants to get him on the grass and really see how he moves. You know, he he talked about how he can do things other guys his size can't so it's just I think it's just at this point it's kind of plug and play see where he fits and, and go from there but yeah really until they hit the grass I think we're all uh, gonna be waiting to see where Isaiah plays
0: uh was it brought up at all that uh you know the whole Calvin Beecham and Hollywood Brown thing now they're both back on the same team and we really haven't heard from Jonathan Gannon since then how did he react to that whole situation
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, he talked about just accountability and and obviously, you know, guys need to hold others accountable. It's it's a team game. And and while I think he answered it well and and didn't necessarily say anything bad about Tyler or Kelvin, I, I think it was more about the accountability side of things, making sure it's a team effort, you know, having guys pick other guys up or having guys, you know, maybe call other guys out to really get the, the betterment of the team in front of individual play. So uh, that, that was kind of the take I got when we asked them about that uh, somewhat towards the end of the uh, interview we had with them.
1: You know, Tyler, I love that right there. I really do. Just the fact he was talking about accountability. We haven't heard or played any of the cuts right now. But for me, this is something that I cannot wait to hear. JG talking about accountability. And you know that really really speaks to me because i love it it's one of the things i love the most about being inside that paradigm known as an nfl locker room with a bunch of aggressive hyper aggressive alpha males walking around to hold each other accountable man i I, i'm telling you 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 have to have that that got me all jacked up and fired up what got you jacked up what was your biggest takeaway from jonathan gannon and what he said what did you think was the most interesting
2: you know for me i think it was just talking about the versatility on the offensive line i think that was a big one for me i think he he really really spoke highly of uh, will hernandez and, and said that was a huge re-signing uh josh jones you know that they're still working through that and see where he could fit uh, and, and really he said it's a competition. I mean, it's, it sounds yeah. like it's going to be Josh Jones, Kelvin Beachum, maybe, maybe a couple other guys in there. Uh, I, I asked about Dennis Daly and, and maybe where he could slide in and, and, uh, Gannon kind of mentioned that he'd be more, of, he sees him more as a guard, which I think would be a good move there. I think we saw what he did at tackle last season and he probably needs a switch over. So that could be an answer there too maybe on the left side so uh offensive line really was interesting just the fact of how uh you know highly coveted he had of will hernandez and and really with beecham too
0: talking to tyler drake uh, our own tyler drake of arizona sports.com tyler uh, as far as the quarterback situation did he say anything about kyler murray's progress or if they are good with what they have at quarterback how are they how are they navigating that because that right now is, is the most unknown for this team
2: yeah yeah so he said uh Kyler's progressing, and he will not put a timeline on it. I don't think we're gonna get a timeline from him he he's not about that he doesn't want to do that. He said really it comes down to when Kyler's physically and mentally ready to go. that's when they're gonna roll him back <clears throat> roll him back out there so uh until then it's Colt McCoy and David Blau, and, and you know, he did leave it a little open that maybe they look at the free agent market closer to the season, maybe to just add another body. But it sounds like it's the Colt and uh, David show for, for the beginning of the season in my eyes.
1: What got the most questions? What what gave him, I should say, the most questions? What topic?
2: Oh, you know, I think it was, you know, I'd say free agency for sure. It wasn't uh, yeah, yeah, D-Hop? What's up? It was not D-Hop? He, you know, he had one question on it. Wow. And he
0: said he'll
1: let,
2: he'll, he'll, let, he'll, let Monty, uh, he'll let Monty, you know, that's a question for Monty. So not so much, but he did say, you know, he said he's going into the season right now at this point. Use the word right now that Hopkins is a Cardinal. He's planning to have him as a starting X and make teams defend him. So at this point, that's that's how he's rolling. Obviously, I think a lot could change. I think a lot could change in the next couple of days. Who knows? With, the, with Just with everybody here in Phoenix, Seems like these are when this is a time when deals maybe get done or at least get closer to done like we saw with the report yesterday from Albert Breer. So that's going to be really interesting to see just the fa- just how it all unfolds the next couple days, maybe a week and, and really to see what they're going to get for him.
0: As far as free agency, did he give any indication that there's still holes on this team he feels like need to be filled or is he just kind of rolling with whoever Monty brings in?
2: He, he you know he's liking who they're bringing in he did mention that you know somebody asked about the perception you know fans aren't really thrilled with kind of the moves the one to two year deals and he said hey you know you don't win games in free agency or he, yeah you don't win games in free agency so great i thought that was a great quote and really yeah that's uh i think they're still gonna be looking around but yeah i mean offensive line he said a lot of versatile guys and i think that's like he said in his intro, I mean, versatility is one of his four pillars, and you can really see that with some of these signings because you can move a lot of these guys around. So uh, definitely interested to see how that all unfolds, too. And, yeah, I, I wouldn't – I mean, they've got to still add some guys. There's plenty of holes they got to fill still.
1: So right now, Tyler, do you think he's giving you a little bit more than Cliff ever gave you? <laughs>
2: 100%. <laughs> 100%.
1: <laughs> I was just wondering. You know, it, it, that's, well, and he's
2: the, Yeah, but here's the, here's the thing. It, it just he, – he's – not hemming and hawing. He's not, you know, sidestepping the question. We're progressing through this. We're working through this. Obviously, we're not going to get a ton of information that's going to open up kind of what's really going on. But at the same time, I feel like Gannon's giving us enough to where it's, hey, at least we kind of have a blueprint of what's possibly going on behind the scenes. So I definitely, and, you know, he's got to answer for everything. So as much as, you know, the slow roll of the, the free agency is going, it, it is a completely different mood. Talking to the head coach, for sure.
0: Tyler, good stuff, man. We appreciate the time. Enjoy now covering the Diamondbacks, and maybe you can find some Sun stuff to fit in there today, too.
2: <laughs> yeah, right across the street. Yep, okay. thanks, guys. Thank you, buddy.
0: That's our own Tyler Drake of ArizonaSports.com, our Cardinals reporter, joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. When we come back, Charles Barkley. Yeah, he's been... Uh, no, well, he's been in the news since like the 80s. <laughs> but he's been in the news this week for what he said about Kevin Durant on 60 Minutes. He called into Bickley and Murata and talked about that this morning. So we'll play you a couple of those comments next and react. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Every chair.
2: Angry
1: ones that still live. Command and control, you can pop that up, of course, anytime you like. Just go ahead, wherever you are. To a sea, cross the way.
0: Have You started your Alice in Chains cover band yet? I have not. As yeah. a matter of fact, but
1: hit the treadmill and put the creepy stuff on, basin audience,
0: and then stay on
1: the treadmill as you're running. Don't Smear some eye black on as well.
0: Don't, don't run step on to that the side. Tra- oh yeah, don't don't, don't fall don't on the, the treadmill. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Don't do that, no. man. <laughs> it's been tried and tested by yeah you. That actually actually would probably be pretty painful. I shouldn't laugh at you. That actually feels yeah, but, like that Yeah, but, you would know, hurt.
1: once again, uh, pain, I, I, I'm sorry. You kind of liked it? I, 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 I just, I can take some
0: damage. <laughs> Could the treadmill take some damage, though? Yeah, That's the question. No,
1: yeah, pain, I just don't. Uh, Stephanie thinks, because of the wedge busting, this is what the warrior queen, the beautiful Miss Stephanie believes. She thinks that all of my nervous system, for the most part, has, is dulled. To a point where I don't feel pain. This is this is the honest-to-goodness truth. Do you see this Band-Aid
0: right here? I do. It's like okay, you have so a prop for this segment.
1: You had the warrior queen who was actually sitting there, and she was cutting something up, some type of apple. She was cutting up with this huge knife. I okay. mean, it was this huge knife base in audience. And suddenly, uh, a couple of cups from the dry rack, where you wash dishes and you put them up there, it, it's, it fell. And she spun around to try to catch it, stabbed me right in the arm. Ah. There, there was blood, like, all over the kitchen floor. I kid you not. And yet, for me, I didn't even barely feel it. And she says she was in tears, literally, because she felt the knife hit me. She felt, it, felt went, it and you didn't? Yeah, it went in. And
0: um, yeah, you literally so just have a bandaid. You got stabbed, and you have a bandaid on it. Yes. <laughs> yes, you guys should have a cooking show. So, anyways,
1: that's you know that's what a wedge buster does. You just absorb, man. You
0: just take it. <laughs> I don't even remember where we were going. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: exactly. But, I, just, did I, I didn't even you know you had story? a bandaid
0: on the arm. It's, uh, no, it was, it yeah, was perfect. It
1: closed up, ladies and gentlemen.
0: All as um, well. Yeah. Well, I mean it's a big it's not even a big band-aid, honestly. <laughs> Nobody would be like, Hey Wolf, what'd you do to your arm? I you got stabbed. It's like, yeah, it's covered. No big deal. Uh all okay, right. Charles Barkley, put me in the group of people that whether you agree with what Chuck says or not, you kinda have to listen when he talks. Yeah. And uh and he did talk over the weekend on sixty minutes, and it wasn't just about Kevin Durant, but that was a part of it. And they led him down that path, right? I mean, they asked him about KD, and, you know, he said what he said about uh, KD being sensitive. So then he was on Bickley and Murata this morning, and obviously they asked him about that. Okay, I mean, did you really mean KD is sensitive? Uh, he is sensitive. And it is weird. Uh, I've said it for three or four years now. I'm not sure
1: why he reacted to it again. Uh, so uh, I don't care where it goes. We, He's a great, great player. I think he's a good guy, too. Uh, but he is sensitive, and I'm not worried about it. I don't even think about it.
0: I mean, would you expect anything else from Charles Barkley and also kind of refreshing to hear somebody say something and not be like, well, I was misquoted and, you know, social media and all that stuff. He said what he said and it's shock. He's not going to back down.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, that's just his opinion right there. He thinks that Kevin Durant is sensitive. Um, He's got his own reasons as to why he thinks Kevin Durant is sensitive. I I think that he may be right on a lot of this stuff. I don't know. Kevin Durant. Personally, I just know that he responds to a lot of stuff on social media. Maybe that's what Chuck is gauging that on. Maybe he's pointing to that, saying that's one of the reasons why he's sensitive. I don't know. Chuck, I'm sure, has a lot more exposure to Kevin Durant. Those two or, have been going back and forth they, for years, for, too. For years. Yeah. So he's got his reasons as to why he says Kevin Durant is sensitive. Just being sensitive doesn't make you bad, by the way. So what? He's sensitive for whatever reason. It's like me being on the sideline. I was sensitive on the sideline. I couldn't handle you, and, I, and I'm and i not pointing to you. I mean, you're
0: pointing directly just, at me. Know,
1: but you know what I mean. <laughs> I, I just I couldn't handle a fan who was sitting up there, and the only thing he was doing, he wasn't cheering for his team. He wasn't cheering against us. He was trying to say something degrading about you or your family in front of all these people that were around him so he could make himself look like he was some big, bad, tough guy. Right? And to see that was the problem. I was sensitive to that. I couldn't, so call me sensitive. I had a problem with ignoring fans on the sideline.
0: Did that get easier over the course of your career? Because KD has just kind of leaned into it. And I, look, I'll say this, and I don't know Kevin Durant. If it were me, it, something that Charles Barkley said about me or any anybody from that era any any all time great basketball player said about me would bother me more totally. because he 's a basketball player absolutely it's not some I don't want to say rando. It's not some random person on the Internet that he'll never talk to again saying rando. something. It's it's Charles Barkley, and it has been Charles Barkley for a while. Saying, Look,
1: there are two types of people in the world, those who say rando and those that do not. basically. I really want to which, say rando. Which one are you? I think
0: 97% which, of the population I, says rando. Here's
1: the whole thing right now. Blame it on social I media. I dig it. I kind of like it, and of course, I'm giving you all sorts of, of heat for uh-huh. it, for actually saying it. But I, I, I might have to say, I might have to drop a rando it's, from time to time.
0: Drop a rando sounds like a song. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Where's just, Wolf? He's just, just over there it. dropping randos. It's no big deal. I no, am just
1: knocking it. You rando! You just call <laughs> somebody a rando. It's, it, yeah, it's a, a rando on the internet
0: saying something about Kevin Durant. If I were KD, that wouldn't really bother me. What now, does
1: that mean, though? Does that mean like you're unimportant or something
0: like that? It just you're means you're rando. a random person that he's never going to talk to before or again. It's kind of like Rambo. That's one of the reasons why I like no, it. Oh, Rambo is not a rando. it's just rando. You. That's Rambo 7. Rambo the rando, which really just sounds like a cartoon, if nothing else.
1: Yes, I think you're right about that, though, it, 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 it may be, he's sensitive because maybe there's a shred of truth in what is being said by somebody that he respects or respected like a Charles Barkley. Yeah,
0: I mean, to be fair, Katie was pretty clear on uh, yesterday on, on Twitter that he doesn't respect what comes out of Barkley's mouth anymore. Yeah. But, uh, but no, I mean, just you're talking about a, a student of the game in Kevin Durant. He is somebody that. Does it shock you that KD's watching other teams play basketball when he's not playing basketball? No, he's one of those guys. And obviously watched basketball growing up. And when you are as good as KD is at something, you obviously looked up to the guys who were good at it before you. Great. Let's just call it as great as KD is. He looked up to the greats growing up. So I would think that Charles Barkley saying something or whoever saying something uh, about him that isn't great. is a a lot more impactful than just some person in Idaho that Kevin Durant doesn't know.
1: Yeah, you know, once again, I I think there's a lot of football players who are highly sensitive then, because I cannot tell you how many fights broke out on a football field because some guy called the other guy a jag, or worse, if you know what I mean. So, you you know, sensitivity, once again, necessarily is not bad in and of itself. It isn't. Um If you're hypersensitive, if you're you're one of these guys that reacts to everything that somebody says about you and you can never take the critique, you'll never even evaluate the critique, then you might be sensitive to a point where it's a
0: problem. But see, look at you now. You're not even sensitive to knife play in the kitchen. So I I mean, know. you're, you're <laughs> totally immune to everything at this point. Just stab me. <laughs> All right, when we come back. uh, You know
1: what, though? The Warrior Queen stabbed me with her steely knife, metaphorically speaking,
0: a long time ago, brothers. I don't even know how to go to break after that. Um, Lamar Jackson, in case you hadn't heard, he's available. And uh, (laughs) and there's a couple people out there making the connection that the Cardinals would be a good fit for Lamar Jackson. I haven't actually heard this from a lot of Cardinals fans, which yeah. typically is where you hear it. But there's at least one ESPN analyst uh, says it would be the perfect fit, actually. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.